Go ahead and grab a seat. Those of you that are joining us from your living room, go ahead and grab a seat. Take a deep breath. We're inviting the Holy Spirit of God to overflow us. We're inviting the Holy Spirit of God to fill us up. We're inviting God to come in here and move things out. And I've been praying. At Monday, when we got together as a staff and we began to, to talk about this service, we began, all of us, I think every one of us, to be overwhelmed that God wanted to do something in people's hearts that God wanted to, to shake us up, to rattle us, all of these songs that we're singing. There's a place there where God wants to do something in our lives. And while I was over here praying and saying, Lord, what, 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 what is it you're saying, Holy Spirit? What is it you're saying? And I, and I believe this with all of my heart. I, I, I believe this. I believe that you came in here and you came in here looking for a word. And, and I don't know that I have one word for all of you, but I have a word for one of you. Can I do that? I don't know that I have one word for all of you at this second. I do right here, but right now, right here, I have a word for one of you. Maybe two of you, I don't know. You came in here and you said, God, I need you to speak to me, and I need you to tell, what I, tell you what I believe that the Lord is saying to you. You have sinned, but I have forgiveness for you. Yes, the Lord says, yes, you have sinned, but I have forgiveness for you. I believe that that is a word for at least one person that is in here right now looking for a specific word from God. Before I jump into this, and just because it's the way the whole evening is going, is there somebody in here that that makes sense to that I can pray for right now, right here? Yes, you have sinned, but God has forgiveness for you. I will be the biggest fool for Christ, I promise you. I just don't want this moment to be missed by you, whoever you is. You say, wow, you, you, can I pray for you? Do you have courage? Can I pray for you? Can we do that? Just come, just all three of you, stand right here. You want to come over here and help me? Yeah, both of you. Just all right. Just kind of get around them. We're not asking any questions. That message meant something to you, and I want you to be praying with these people right here, right now. That that message mean anything to anybody else while we're doing this? Anybody else? I got I got no rock to throw at you. Joe Wood needs your prayer <laughs> every day. Joe Wood needs. I got no rock to throw at you. Smart people do what? Get help. Fathers, we come before you. We bless you in the name of Jesus for this word. We bless you for what you're doing right here, right now, in the hearts of each of these three people. And even those that are out there, God, that, that, that girl that just can't move out of her chair. God, we just lift them up to you. We just pray that your spirit be upon them right now. So many years ago, Lord, you died for our sins. And we cannot comprehend that in that moment you died for thousands of years yet to come. That as we stand here, the debt's been paid, but we need to lay hold of it. Because sometimes, God, we feel like we, we wear out your grace, that your, your patience doesn't last for us any longer. And that's not true. That's the enemy talking. Love of God, overflow in this moment right here, right now. Love of God, be here right now. Lord, your word says that whatever that we would forgive upon this earth, God, I'm just in my reading. 
Whatever we forgive on this earth is forgiven in heaven in the name of Jesus, not in the name of Joe, not in the name of Vineyard, not in the name of anything except Jesus and the blood that was shed on Calvary on our behalf. That you have made us, O Lord God, purveyors of the ministry of the kingdom of God. You have made us people to go out and make a difference, to preach, to teach, to heal, to speak. Then we release upon these three people right here, God, the, the, the forgiveness for whatever that sin is. In the name of Jesus, we invite you, Lord, in the name of Jesus to drive out that darkness because darkness does not drive out light. Light drives out darkness. So come, Holy Spirit, and be upon them right now. Forgive whatever this is, God, an attitude of the heart, a specific action that was taken that need not be, a word that slipped across the tongue, whatever that was. God, I, I speak this upon each one of these right here, right now. Something that is besetting, something that won't let go, something that is overwhelming. God, I pray for courage, I pray for power in the name of Jesus to push back against the darkness, to push back against the enemy, to push back against the lie. And to receive the healing, O oh Lord God, to receive the blessing, and to know the person of Christ inside of this moment right here, right now. That this is washed clean. That we cannot earn your, lo your love, we cannot deserve your love, but we can receive your love. Help us, O oh Lord God, to forgive ourselves now. We're done. We're done. This belongs at the foot of the cross. It's not theirs to carry any longer. Do not let them take it and be thieves of that which they've laid down at your feet, O oh Lord God. But let them understand that they walk away with the love of God and the forgiveness that is theirs in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. I have a message that I want to share with you as a whole now tonight. And because sometimes I have to put a title on my message so that I can go back and find it later, it's called, it says right here, Weird Church. That's what it says. It says weird church. Who, who writes something calls it weird church? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to be upon us right now because this message is so true to who we are as we hunger for you. We hunger for the kingdom of God, not that we might consume it upon ourselves, oh Lord God, but that we might be people, ambassadors for the kingdom that go around and spread this good news in Jesus' name. And so we lift this up and say, come Holy Spirit. The scripture that I want to share with you is in the book of Acts in chapter 8. It begins at verse 9, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go through verse 25, and I just want to invite you to follow along the story, and I want you to follow, uh, find yourself in this story here somewhere. It says, Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all of the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this, this man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he amazed them for a long time with his magic. But then when they believed Philip... As he preached the good news of the kingdom of God at the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonishing, excuse me, astonished by great signs and miracles. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had only simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give also this, me this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter answered, May your money perish with you, because you 
you thought that you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in the ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captives of sin. Then Simon answers and said, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing that you have said may happen to me. And when they had testified and proclaimed the word of the Lord, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. I share this with you just to say, when so, excuse me, something spiritual should happen, happen when the church gets together. Something spiritual, something that makes us uncomfortable, something that we are not used to. There's a difference between learning about God and knowing God. There's a difference between knowing God and giving God um, a rule in our lives to do whatever he wants. And there comes a time when we've got to stop and say, are we just learning more about God or are we actually interacting with God. Now, I'm not saying that everything has to turn into a giant freak out like maybe some of you came from or maybe some of you are aware of. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that when, when we get together to worship a spiritual God, something spiritual should happen. In this story, the church was actually being persecuted and ended up being scattered. Stephen has already been um, uh, martyred, and they're going out and they're telling people about Jesus. More importantly, they're telling people about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And as we move 2,000 years away from that epicenter of Jesus being raised from the dead, it becomes more of just a, something that we acknowledge. And we need to recapture the spiritual aspect of worshiping a spiritual God. God raised Jesus from the dead, and Jesus is alive. The fact that we cannot see him here does not mean the Lord is not active here. I don't know how many of you have just been through what happened since 6 o'clock, but it is apparent to me that the Holy Spirit is moving, and we want to continue to be a part of that. We don't want to fake it. We don't want to manufacture it. We don't want to orchestrate it or manipulate it. We want to yield to whatever it is that God wants to say inside of our hearts. This man, Stephen, was after power, and yet he saw real power, and he saw hope in an afterlife, and Pharisees believed in an afterlife, but Sadducees didn't believe in an afterlife. And so Simon, excuse me, steps forward, and he begins to say, I want some of this, and it reveals his greed and his wickedness, and it was that bitterness that kept Simon from receiving what it was that he wanted, because what he saw was a cash cow. He came up and thought if he gave the disciples money, he could turn this thing into a money machine because these people already believed in him. And one of the ways that people made money back then was that they would, um, they would prophesy for people. They would foretell people. They would fortune tell for people. These pagan religions would do these things. And this, this man, Simon, is one of those. And he said, that's for real. What's happening there is for real. If I give you money and you give me that, we can franchise this thing. And they, they rebuked him because sometimes we want to manipulate and manufacture it. But what should happen when the church gets together? Jesus interacted with a Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, and he said in verse 23, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Something spiritual should be happening, but it should be grounded in truth. It should not be fake. It should be real. 
The things that we are told in the Scriptures that would accompany the presence of the Holy Spirit have not stopped because there's a group that call themselves cessationists. Absolutely not. That came about because people could not manufacture and make it happen because the Holy Spirit will do what the Holy Spirit will do. And we cannot control Him because He is God. Spirit and truth. Not spirit or truth, but spirit and truth. Truth means integrity. Do I call myself a Christian? Do I follow Jesus? Or do I just give lip service to the teachings of the Christ? Have I been immersed or have I surrendered my life? Do I hide in fear or am I willing to step out in faith and share my faith with people that I work with, that I love with, that I walk with, that I have fun with, that I play with, and that I interact with? Is the Holy Spirit inside of me to a degree that I have to say something? That I have to. I attended the funeral of my brother-in-law last week while I was away from you. Four people got saved at his funeral. Four people stood up at his funeral and surrendered their life to Jesus with their hand lifted up in the air because this man, ten years earlier, got saved at a funeral while he was on his way home. And he made it known that when it came time for his funeral, he believed it should be a celebration and that people should be given the opportunity to surrender their lives to Jesus. And that took place because this man would not be quiet. Twenty-seven people from his cul-de-sac came to know Jesus and began to attend his church because he would not be quiet. This was a man that was in the, the upper reaches, so to speak, of the corporation that he was a part of. This was a man that you would think, hey, you know, you've got to wear your suit and tie and don't be talking like that around here. He was not a be afraid to be a fool. He was not afraid to share what was going on. He was not afraid to be captured by the Holy Spirit and moved by the Holy Spirit and to be speaking by the Holy Spirit the truth of salvation and joy and peace that came from that very thing in his life. It was called integrity. And I wonder, is that where we're going to walk? Since Monday, we've been saying, what is the Holy Spirit about to do in people's lives? What is going to happen at our pulse? What's going to happen at our Sunday morning? And I believe the Lord is not done with us. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the scripture, says, the scripture says, Now the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed about them. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols, just blocks of wood and stone. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say that there are different gifts of the Spirit, but the same Spirit distributes them all. What should happen when spiritual people get together, Paul says, is you should see some of these things taking place. He says there are different um, kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, in your life and in this room right now, okay, is given for the common good. That means the gifts of the Spirit, whatever they are, are for the building up of the whole church. And when they become something that set me up above somebody else, they're not gifts of the Spirit anymore. They are tools of division. But when I recognize that the gift of the Spirit that's been given to me is used to make your life easier and your life easier and your life easier, and when the gift of the Spirit inside of you is given to make my life easier and their life easier, we recognize that the Spirit of God is at work in the church. 
And people should actually see that going on. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. Little s. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another the interpretation of those tongues. All of these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. There is nothing that says here that you're not spiritual if you don't have a specific one of these gifts nothing at all people have been told that for years if you don't at least have that gift you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and I want you to know I just read it to you that's not true that is not true the Holy Spirit will distribute gifts to you at the point that he needs you to do something he will overwhelm you and fill you up with these gifts what we saw was a word of wisdom of faith of healing miraculous and miraculous miracles and miraculous powers prophetic words distinguishing between little s spirits speaking in tongue and the interpretation of tongues with all due respect to one there is given through the Spirit means not everybody gets the same gift that everybody should not at least have. No, 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 no. Everybody should have what the Holy Spirit gives them. That's what should be going on. And I believe that the Lord is saying that He is shaping who we are as we continue to embrace what it means to be vineyard. As we look at this right here, a word of wisdom, second from the bottom is the whole one that created divisions back in Paul's day and in our world today. Speaking in tongues is not the greatest of all the gifts. It's one of the least of all the gifts, and it's not the, 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 um, the measuring stick by what anybody has measured to be spiritual at all. Gifts are not things that are taught. They're things that are given. So when somebody says, Pastor Joe, I will teach you, that's where our conversation ends. When the Holy Spirit needs me to do something, He has freedom to move me to do something. It is a gift given to me by God, and I want to encourage you in that. In the vineyard, we believe that the Holy Spirit will still give you one or all or anything in between any of those gifts in any given moment that you might come up here and pray for people that come forward because they've been moved by a specific word of God that said, you have sinned, but I have forgiveness for you. You feel alone, but I have love for you. This is the working of God. It is not something that can be taught. We believe in the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit who is God. We don't believe in sensationalizing these gifts. But I wonder, as Christian people, did you ever feel like you're not worthy? That somehow you're not good enough? That you're just not clean enough, you're not healthy enough, you're not whatever it is enough to be a part of whatever it is God's doing. And now I just want all of you to know Jesus died because we're not good enough. And it never had anything to do with being good enough. It had to do with the righteousness of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. And that it had to come with the faithfulness of the Word of God in Joel chapter 2, which became Acts chapter 2, that in the latter day I will pour out my Spirit on your sons and your daughters, and they, they will prophesy. And it goes on to say the things that they will do. And then God was moved. When we look at this, 
we recognize that the love of God is for those of us that recognize that we don't deserve it. We get that. And as we look at this story and as we see what was going on here and as we see that um, you know, the disciples were scattered through the persecution of Stephen and they went down to Samaria and as they were preaching this, this gospel of Jesus Christ, that even then, the scripture says, Philip wasn't quite doing it right. It doesn't really say it that way. But as I look at it, I think, what was going on? Because Peter and John had to go and say, hey, we got to make sure he's preaching a whole gospel. And when they preached, and when they laid hands on people, the Holy Spirit began to move in their lives. And that's when Simon the sorcerer said, give me that. You know, it was Jesus that said, it was Jesus. In the red letters of your Bible, it was Jesus that said, which of your, you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? But if you then, though you are evil, that word evil doesn't mean like wicked, nasty, horrible, awful, you should all be in prison. It just means you're not, you're not holy, you're not clean, you're not wholesome. If you then, though you are not wholesome and sinless, know how to give good gifts to your children. Look at this. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Not, not to those who are good enough. Not to those who for that split second when they confess their sins are without sin. Just simply to those who ask. Not to those who are deserving. Not to those who are God's favorite. But when we get to the place where we've learned what we can learn about Jesus and we're still hungry for God and the Holy Spirit begins to say, I want to move in your life. And, and Jesus says, God's waiting for us to ask. And so we say, come Holy Spirit, come and be upon us. This scripture is not for back then. This scripture is for now. Because the Bible is eternal. The Word of God goes out and it comes back productive. It can't go out and be unproductive. And so tonight I want to begin to ask you, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask God for His Holy Spirit. But let us repent of the fear and the judgment when people move in the Holy Spirit. I need to repent of that at times. I do. Let you and I ask in faith because God is faithful. So let us come to God and repent. Let us come to the Lord and let's be faithful. And let us act believing that God will make that come to pass. Whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. Not a place where I say we control Him, but more of a place where we say, Holy Spirit, we ask and pray that you forgive us for anything that might grieve you. Anything that might have offended you. Anything that has kept you from coming into our lives and being God to us, that we might be kingdom children to the world that we live in. Forgive us for our sins. Lord, we are asking for more, for a double portion of your Holy Spirit to be poured out in this place because we can't go on doing the things that we're doing. We cannot go on being the people that we are. We cannot go on believing the things that we believe or not taking hold of the things that are ours because of the kingdom of God. 
And James said, if any of you asks, don't be like a wave of the sea or a cloud of the sky. Don't be batted around. Believe that you received it and go out in that wisdom. Go out in that wisdom. God chose you. Go out in that wisdom. God wants to use you. Go out in that wisdom. I want to encourage you in that tonight. Ask yourself, why do I settle for less than what God has for me in order to do the work that God has called me to? Why do I settle for just knowing and not being? Why do I settle? Because I am hungry. I am at a place in my life right now where I'm beyond the hunger that I've known before. I am hungry for God. And I am going to continue to pray that on you over the next years until the Lord calls me home, that you are not satisfied, but that you are hungry and that God meets you in that hunger. Open up your Bible and tell me, why not you? And why not now? Holy Spirit, as we come before you right now, we thank you. And we praise you for this word. And I ask and pray that you begin to stir us up. I ask and pray, Lord, that you want to do something inside of us, and I confess that I don't know what it is. But I know that's what you wanted me to say, because I know that's what you were saying to me. I know you wanted me to be here tonight. These people as well, because every day ordained for us was written down in your book before even one of them came to pass. But more than that, I know you want to use us to change this world. But we've got to be available to you, Lord, and we need your power. Whatever that might be, it might come as courage, Lord, but we've got to open our mouths. We need the wisdom that comes from knowing before we start praying that you are driving our being. May the words of our mouths, O oh Lord God, and the meditations of our heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We invite you to come. As we bow our heads and as we cry out and say, fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, Lord. We don't need that glibly. And if we did, then shake us and don't allow us to. Don't allow us to. We come to this moment in our service, Lord, where we recognize what you did, that we might have the fullness of God dwell inside of us as well, just like it did Christ. As he prayed, Father, to you, he said, as you dwelt in him, so he dwells in us, and so this kingdom of God is inside of us. Now help us to let it out. Help us, O oh Lord God, to do the doing. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.